we, um, we went to the uh, Euclid City school system and we sought out the uh, superintendent of schools uh, because we were told in order to be able to use this facility, it was our goal when we left Glenville to come straight here. Yeah. And yeah. so we went and met with uh, the superintendent of schools was very kind to us and I met with him about four times. We talked about mentorship. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Talked about uh, using either this school or Shoreline, I think that's the name of the school, yeah. down the street, Euclid High School. We just wanted to be in a school. And at the uh, time, he said, oh, we, we got you. We got you covered. We'll, we'll make it happen. And uh, it just didn't ever, it never happened. Just whatever the reason, the Lord just closed the door. So um, when we finally left uh, Glenville last year, or this was it this year, I'm sorry. Uh, left this year. Um, we needed some place to go. I do want to say thank you to the people at the Omni who made that space available to us. I just, you know, as I read the Bible, I, I just don't see where in the Bible God is a respecter of locations. Yeah, the Lord ain't on buildings. He's on people. Amen. You know, folks, they in a bar. Well, let me, let me help you out here. They have general conference session in the same arena that the San Antonio Spurs played in, That's true. that Kiss rock band played in, That's right. that Beyonce was in, That's right. that Jay-Z was in. And the reason why the GC has it there is because it ain't about the location. Right. It's about who gets in the location. That's right. So no matter where we show up, the Holy Ghost shows up with us. Right. Jesus left heaven and came down to a club. Called Planet Earth. Full and, and listen, you think you, location? He he got in human flesh. Yes, sir. Come on, tell the truth. So wherever we are, that's where the Lord is. Amen. Doors kept closing, so I got word that the superintendent of schools that I had met with four times was no longer in office. So the Holy Spirit said, go straight to the school. I came over here one day, uh, unannounced, no appointment, and I said, how do we, how can we rent this? How can we worship here? How does that happen? The lady said to me, we don't do that. But if you want to talk to the person that makes the decisions, his name is Pat Higley, and here's his number. I seriously doubt it, but... If he returns your call, takes your call, then, you know, we'll see what happens. So I called him, and he said, you can meet me next Tuesday. So I went over there to meet with him. It was after a board meeting. Board prayed. I told him that they said, I told him it was a long shot. We prayed about it. Sat down with he, a gentleman named Glenn Hummel, who was the operations director for the city school system. And in that meeting, I was... Laying my case out. And they just didn't look interested at all in what I had to say. And then, meanwhile, in the meeting, they started having an internal conversation. And I was like, well, this ain't going to work. And so the conversation changed from what seemed to be disinterest to jubilation, and they're excited. 
So I said, uh, just can I, can you tell me what, what y'all are talking about? He said, just before you came in the office, we were trying to figure out who the owner was to the Kmart building up there. I said, okay. So then he takes a computer like this and he turns it around. He says, read this. And he had typed when I was talking the words, God works in mysterious ways. And I said, well, I said, what do you, what do you, what do you mean by that? I said, I just want bluestone. I just want to, I just want to worship in the school. Like, you know, I mean, yes or no. And he said, well, you know, you may be interested. He said, we'd like to partner with you on a business deal where we're able to purchase a portion of your property. Uh, and we're talking about a six-figure possibility um, where we can help you guys get in sooner and you can help us out by using some of your space in the meantime. And I said, oh. <laughs> Listen, now watch this. I went in there seeking something from them. The whole meeting shifted, and now they're trying to seek something from me. So uh, we went up to the property, and we're looking at it. And in my mind, I'm not even tripping on that. I'm still like, I just want to get the bluestone. <laughs> now, listen, I, had I ain't got past. I ain't. Y'all know what I ain't. That's all, yeah. there it is, there it is. I ain't got past the lobby of this school. These brothers had keys to the school, took me through the back door, and said, you can have this room. You can have this room. You can have this room. Have this. What, what else do you need? You need the whole school? The whole, you can do the whole school? You can use the computers, you can use our sound system, you can use whatever you want. It's, it's yours. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's why we're here. Amen. Lord, let us hear. Lord, let us to the Omni. Lord had us in Glenville for 60 years. Lord had them in 71st and Cedar for several years. Lord, he was with us in Huff. Look, the bottom line is, y'all better get with this because the Lord is with this. The Lord is in this. Amen. 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 <laughs> so I just want to just take a moment. Let's just praise him. Lord, we just, we just thank you so much. Most of us were raised with home training where when somebody did something good for us, we were taught to say thank you. So before we open up the word and get sophisticated and start having church, we want to just pause for a minute and say, you are amazing, God. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah. Bless your name, God. You did it, God. You did this, God. You made this happen. We thank you, God. And, Lord, we just consecrate this school for ministry. We're claiming that the gym behind us will be full of children, two, three hundred of them. We're praying that this facility will be full. Lord, we're praying that we have to go to more services. If need be, send the people so that they might know that there is a Jesus. He is alive. He is on the throne and the devil is defeated. Now bless this word in Jesus name I pray. Amen and amen. All right, let's get to the word right now. I want to invite you, if you will, to look to the screen or take out your Bible if you can't see it. As we start uh, the second portion of our series, good genes. Somebody say good genes. Now the first time we were talking about three traits. Somebody say three traits of a healthy Christian today, and I want you to listen to me. If you're not now, I promise you, you will in a minute. But uh, we talked about three traits of a healthy Christian, which is worship, which is fellowship, discipleship, as well as outreach, which essentially what we're doing over the next 
uh, three weeks is we're going to preach about the mission specifically of this church. We are only trying to do three things and do those three things well. We want to have great worship. We want to have great fellowship and discipleship. And we want to help some folk, period. That's it. Everything we do falls under that. We call it Ready, Set, Go. But we're going to call it over this series, Three Traits of a Healthy Church. Repeat after me. Say, Three Traits of a Healthy Church. Now get your neighbor that's already bored involved and say to them, the pastor is talking about three traits of a healthy church. Go ahead. Don't be stuck up. Don't be stuck up. Now turn around and get the other, get the other one that, that hates when the pastor says, tell your neighbor this. Look at that person and say to them, the sermon is about three traits of a healthy church. Amen. Now turn around so that you make the person real uncomfortable. Turn around to the person behind you and say, three traits of a healthy church. Amen. Now get up and go. No, I'm just playing. All right, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready to go. Food truck's coming. I'm hungry. Uh, Hebrews 10. We need to start having some snacks in between that first service. Amen. 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 Kind of no breakfast or something. All right, Hebrews chapter 10. Watch this. Hebrews 10, we're going to deal with the first aspect of a healthy church. First aspect is worship. We told you before, worship is not an event. Worship is a position. Did y'all hear what I just said? It is a what, everybody? It is the position of my heart. Therefore, I'm always worshiping. I am a worshiper. I don't go and worship. Worship is who I am. It's what I do. And so that I told you uh, that I've learned the pullover praise. Anybody know what that is? That's when your eyes get so watery while you're driving, you got to pull over and, and bless his name. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or when you're in the shower and you can't tell the difference between the shower water and tears because you learn how to bless him at all times. Amen? So watch what the word says here. Hebrews 10 verse 19. The Bible says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of what is his name? Jesus. Read now verse 20 with me. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his what? Uh, Verse 21, if I can get 20% more of y'all, we would really have a good time. Verse 21, the Bible says, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let's get 40 more percent of you. Verse 22, let us do what? Draw near to God with what kind of heart? And with what else, everybody? With the full assurance that faith brings onward. The Bible says, having our hearts what? To cleanse us from a what? And having our bodies what? With what kind of water? Verse 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is. Say that one more time. Is what, everybody? Is what, everybody? Verse 24 says, and here goes another let us. There are three let us in this text. Verse 24 says, and let us consider. Uh, uh, you're going to see another version. I love how they put consider, but watch this one. And let us consider how we may spur one another. Come on, read this sentence with me. On toward what? Love. And what else, y'all? Good deeds. Verse 25. Now here it is. Y'all know the King James Version of this. King James Version of this says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. NIV says it like this. Not, come on, y'all, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Watch the Message Bible. Watch this. Anybody familiar with the Message Bible? 
Watch this. Watch this. Watch this translation. It says, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see what day, y'all, the big day approaching. I want to teach today on the subject you just had to be there. You just had to be there. You just had to be there. Uh, church attendance is, is on a decline. Just, just, just follow with me. Church attendance is, is declining, especially, listen, please listen, y'all, especially in developed countries. Uh, now, worship is not declining in Africa. Uh, church attendance is not declining even in China where it's illegal to be a Christian. <laughs> Folks are worshiping in North Korea where on threat of worship, you'll be killed. But in developing, are y'all hearing me? Y'all with me? But in places like the United States and Europe, we're not far behind Europe. Folks ain't going to church no more. Folks are not attending worship services. As a matter of fact, it's declined. Let me show you this stat real quick. Just a quick stat. Uh, Now, if you polled people, this is what happened. They polled folks. They said, how many of y'all go to church regularly? 40% of people said they do. But in actuality, Pew Research says they're lying. (laughs) They ain't telling the truth. Now, you have to understand what regularly means. You know what regularly means in the United States of America? Regular church attendance means twice a month, maximum. That's regular. (laughs) In Africa, it means every day. It means every day. It's a big difference. That's what happens when you get a little stuff. You forget about the God who gave it to you in the first place. Actually... About 17%. Let's talk real life Glenville. I don't know about anybody else. Let's talk Glenville. On our church books, there's 1,100 people. On an average Sabbath, well, the average didn't change today. On an average Sabbath, we have, between both services, 300 or more that are attending our services, although our book membership boasts 1,100. Uh, In other words, folks are pretty much getting to a place where they're just kind of bored with this. I'm just tired of it. I I have options. I'm not feeling it. I'm going to stay home. And plus, I'm tired of these fake people. Now, I'm not coming. So let's look at, based on the research, can I just go through this real quick? This is what the research is saying, and I need y'all to hear me on this. I promise you. Oh, I got something to say today. Here are the reasons. Ten top reasons, top ten reasons why folks are not going to church anymore. Christians, quote-unquote committed Christians are not going. First one, i got to roll through it. First one is they're too busy. Too busy. You know, responsibilities, kids in sports programmings, you know, all this kind of stuff. They just don't, Pastor, I don't got nothing against it. I just don't have time. Okay? Number two, second reason is they're bored. They're bored. Preaching can flip. Preaching can backflip. Choir can be awesome. But it's just, they ain't doing nothing for me. I'd I'd rather watch something on television. Number three, They've been hurt. Isn't that real? Isn't that real? Is that legit? Come on, folks. Like, I'm not trying to go and hang with a bunch of fake people that did me wrong and that say happy Sabbath when I walk in. Is that legitimate? Is that legitimate? Don't judge them too harshly. Number four, uh, folks are actually saying now that it's just not, listen, it's not beneficial. Listen to me. If I say I'm not coming, then I've essentially made up my mind that going ain't really a big deal for what I'm trying to accomplish in my life. Right? Yeah, yeah. You go to the bathroom, don't you? You need to, don't you? You eat. You don't miss meals, right? 
And it is an amazing thing. Like nobody, nobody misses, nobody, nobody stops going to work because of fake people. <laughs> people that party, people that party will go to the same club with fake people. Some of y'all live with fake people. Go home every time you get a chance. Some of us sleeping with fake people. Some of us get high with fake people. I mean, so it's just like, you know, <laughs> really? Oh, the church is just full of fake people. Can't go there anymore. But you go to work. Why? This is the reason. Because work's beneficial, church is not. That's essentially what we're saying. Am I not right about it? Number five, this ain't me. This is the research. Number five, a new reason why folks ain't coming, broadcasting opportunities. Options. Listen, if you could watch T.D. Jakes, uh, 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 Buddy Bird, Walter Pearson, Billy Graham, you can watch what they're doing in California. You just get on YouTube and you can worship to the best preachers and enjoy even, man, your praise and worship leader could be Richard Smallwood by simply just putting on uh, YouTube. Now, that's hard to compete with. Like, we're trying to do our thing here, but I mean, I mean, come on, I get it. You're like, uh, Pastor, uh, I like what you guys are doing, but man, uh, Jake's is preaching on YouTube, and I could be at home, I'm doing that. These are some of the reasons why I'm not going anymore, all right? Number six, bad vibes. Let's talk about this. Some churches are just not good places to be. There's a bunch of crazy people there that don't even know they're crazy and think that their dysfunction is okay. Mean. Mean. They won't speak to you when you come in. They won't acknowledge your presence unless you got a little money in your pocket. There are some churches I've been to, and I, listen, I'm talk, you're talking to a man, and there's a totally different culture than what y'all call church. I mean, it's not the, please don't take this as disparagement. This is reality. This is not the Bible Belt here in Northeast Ohio. People ain't like about church here like they are down south. Uh, just trust me on that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody been now? Church down south is culture. And they take it seriously. But I, in my experience, even being down there, I pastor churches that have five members. Like, like this was not my reality. I led worship. I did offering. Sometimes we cooked the meal. I'd sing the meditation before my sermon and my appeal. I'd open the church, I'd close the church, and I'd baptize. I'd give Bible studies. And I was preaching to 75 people, five people 75 years old and over, and I'm preaching, I'm hollering, I'm telling you, I'm giving, elder, I'm giving the best I got, and they are asleep. And they will say to me, oh, did not our hearts burn within us? <laughs> and I'm like, elder, you were asleep the whole time I was preaching. But he had received word uh, via telepathic subconsciousness. So understand now that even what we think is good church and bad church is relative. A high day in Zion for me when I was pastoring three churches that each were an hour apart from each other was to see one new person. They didn't have to have a gospel artist come sing. They were glad when I sang. (laughs) 
bad vibe. No, uh, another reason why people don't go is the preaching is horrible. Come on, say amen. amen. I'm not talking about me. I don't care. I know I'm bringing the word. I know I preach the word. I don't need no encouragement on that. It's not arrogance. I just know the Lord is with me. He ain't, listen, he ain't with me on nothing else. But I know when I stand up, something come out of my mouth. I know that. I, I, don't, even, I don't need you to clap either. I've got something to say. Period. I was born with something to say. When I was a kid, one time my mother had me to come downstairs and because I had done something wrong, something disrespectful. I've always had a mouth. I've always had something to say. I was seven years old, had something to say. And my mother in front of all the company said, uh, what, what, you need to go upstairs right now and you need to pray. And when you're done, come back down here and tell me what the Lord said. <laughs> that was not the right move. I went up there and prayed, I don't know, maybe it been three hours. No, I'm just kidding. A couple minutes or whatever. And I came back down. My mom in front of the company she set herself up. She said, what did the Lord tell you? And I said, the Lord has said... Keep up the good work. <laughs> I have always had something to say. However, however, the issue is really not whether the preacher can preach or not. The issue is really our hearts. And for many people, they are so critical. They are, they are so entertainment driven. They are so itching ears that if it ain't preached the way they like it, if they don't say what they want to hear, then some folks say, I ain't going no mayor. I don't like the preaching. And then another reason why folks don't go number eight is because they don't like the music. The music is too quiet or the music is too loud or the music is too in between or it's too black, it's too white. I mean, just whatever excuse, we just pick apart the worship. I pick it apart, and we say, I'm not in, I'm not down, I don't like that church. And some of us just go from place to place to place because nothing really satisfied. Number nine, the ninth reason, according to research, why folks stop attending uh, church services, uh, why it's in decline, is because of beliefs. And I want to tell you, that's a good reason. If you do not believe the theology of the ministry, you ought not be going there. You're not. How can you go all in if you don't believe what they're teaching? How can you go all in if, if, you don't, if you're not in alignment with the teachings that are coming from that ministry? Because hear me now. This, I'm gonna, I'm by the, in the name of Jesus, I'm coming against this thing today. This whole thing of I'm going to step away until what happens in the church I agree with and then I'm going to come back is not what church is about. And it is, hear me on this. I'm not, I'm not trying to come at nobody. I'm just trying to expose the enemy. The enemy, the enemy is not, you have to look in the scriptures to see this, and I'm telling you, I'll study it. There are very few, almost not any, admonitions to have personal worship in the Bible. Especially the New Testament. Show me a text. There are very few that say have personal devotion. You know why? Because it is a natural assumption that if you love the Lord, that you'll want to spend time with him. It's a natural assumption. Are you hearing me now? But if you look at the New Testament, stay with me now. If you look at the New Testament, there is non-stop admonition that we come together. Why? Because God knows that Satan's desire is to destroy togetherness. And there are things that happen when we come together that do not happen when you're by yourself. 
There are straight up promises that God has given to us that we can only access when we flood in a place together on one accord. Now, let me ask you a question. When Pentecost fell, did it fall on them in their rooms by themselves? The Bible says they were all in one accord. They were in the same place. And I know from the word of God that miracles, they definitely, they are guaranteed to happen when God's people come together. You, uh, many of us think that we, that like uh, this is some new elevated idea. Well, I'm, I'm not, I ain't coming no more. I ain't fooling with them folk for whatever the reason. And I'm just going to stay home and, and have worship. That's deception. That's the enemy. He wants that type of division. We'll pack out the Cavs games with racists. You don't even know a person sitting next to you. Oh, and, and, they, and they would be sorry. Some of y'all have endured the Browns for years with season tickets. And you go in there and watch that foolishness. It can't come in here. Oh, they got some shots next year. You know, you know, I ain't hating on them. But you hear what I'm saying? And we make all kinds of excuses simply because there are deeper issues that we will not deal with. And so there's a word for the Lord. So here's number 10, the biblical misunderstanding. This is the number one reason why we don't attend like we used to. And here it is right here. Put that, put that. Here's the, here is the theology that many of us, myself included, have bought into. This is why we come. I mean, look at the way it's set up. We're sitting next to each other, but we're really not engaged with each other. And so really, I'm coming, essentially, I need a word. Sing to me. <laughs> like, preach to me. Translation, praise me. <laughs> Worship me. Prop me up. And wh whereby, we now are the audience and not God. This spirit, which I have personally been a victim of, come on, listen, don't nobody like going to no sorry church. Don't nobody like being a part of worship service where the word ain't being preached or where there's a bunch of mean people. Come on, say amen. Just tell the truth. Say amen. Come on, y'all. And you, you, you don't want to fight your way after a week of hell and come in there and put up with folk who foolish. Say amen. I'm trying to get an easy amen in here. Nobody, listen, after all the hell you've been through, you come in here, you need something, right? But that is deception of the enemy to get you self-centered in your worship. Because, listen, the goal of personal worship is getting a blessing. The goal of corporate worship is to be a blessing. Stay at home if you are coming here to get something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are we here? Let me show you. Let me show you. So watch what, watch what, watch this line here. This is this is the line for worship. Put that, put that, put that up there. Together is better. Now I'm about to make an argument for something right now. And if you disagree with it, get some scriptures. We'll talk later. In the Word of God, God basically says that when you're together, your worship is better than when you're by yourself. It is. Look at look. Anytime something major happens in the Bible, it didn't happen with an individual by himself. It always happened when a few folk got together. In his name, things happen. But look at the culture we're in now. We are so busy after a rough week of jobs that God gave you. And we justify it. Well, I still love the Lord, 
But there is a command in the word of God that y'all come together. See, listen, let me tell you what. We are a team. We are a squad. We are not a collection of individuals that packs out a building to hear a person lecture us. We are an army that comes in trying to get marching orders. This is a rally so we can go out there and do war. And we're not doing war by ourselves. I just want to praise the Lord right now. Because every single thing that's ever happened in my life has happened not in isolation. The Lord has put some people in my life. Let's praise God for that right now. There's not a person in here that can say you are where you are because you got there by yourself. The devil is a lie. If I've ever done anything significant in my life, it's because I had a wife that poured into me or had elders or, or saints in the church that encouraged me. God does not want us in isolation. That's why he said, Adam, it is not good that you're all by yourself. Come on now. Come on now. Demonic. What's this? I don't like people. Well, don't join the church. The whole idea of church is to change your mind about people. Watch this. In Hebrews 10, let me break this down let you go. In Hebrews 10, we see Paul here basically pleading with, the, with those new Christians not to quit coming together. Listen, we really think we're doing something by coming in once a week for a few hours. <laughs> there are people in China who are, it's illegal to worship. And they worship all day, every day. Remember, remember these students that got killed in Kenya? There was about 150 of them. And they simply asked them, are you a Christian? Yes. Boom. Because they worship Jesus. We are under no threat. A cold is not a threat. I don't like the direction of the church is not a threat. This is a threat. If you worship the Lord, I'm going to kill you and all your family. There are refugees, the Syrian refugees. Anybody watching the news? Do you know why they're running? They're not running trying to get to America for the American dream. They are running because they are Christians and they are living in countries where being a Christian is illegal. And you can't keep them out of the presence of God. You can't keep them from worshiping. They don't need a big shot preacher. They don't need great music. All they need is each other. All they need is the Holy Ghost. And when they come together, something happens. But us in the United States, air conditioning got to be set. Anybody see that post on Facebook the other day of these Filipinos who were worshiping in a flood? So watch what Paul says. Paul's talking to Hebrews. Now watch this. He is talking to Hebrews who are literally, please don't miss this, being killed because they are Christians. I didn't say they were, uh, uh, they, were uh, they, they didn't feel well or uh, they didn't like the style or they didn't understand the building project. They are being killed. They're being beheaded. Can I talk a little bit about these martyrs? Their children, husbands and wives, are being put at the stake. The stake 
is where they put incendiary materials beneath your feet. They tie you to a wooden pole and they set it on fire and they watch you burn because you love Jesus. And I'm tired. Do you, do you, do you see? Like it just, it just makes me feel like I'm probably not that connected with the Lord. I'm just really superficial. Uh, if there's a reason why we ought to worship, we at least should worship for all of our homies in Africa. Who can't do this? Just the other day, and I shared it with some first service, 100,000 people got baptized in one day in Rwanda. And you know what they said? They said, we, they said, we need help from the West, that's us, so, because there are so many people that have joined the church, there is no building that can contain us. So uh, I'm prepared to go to the board and say, yeah, I know we're trying to build something, but let's send the 1,500, let's send a couple thousand overseas so that our brothers and sisters who come to the Lord who worship under a tree and don't care and stay all day. I trust me. When I went to Africa a few years ago, I'm, you know, I'm coming all American. Like, where's my armor bearer? Like, you know, <laughs> listen, I want my water at room temperature. And some, listen, when I got there, they said, man of God, you're going to preach this morning. You're going to preach in the afternoon. Y'all not hearing me. And listen, and listen, if you preach for 30 minutes, you have offended them. Man of God, you came all this way. Preach the word of God. Preach until you have nothing left. You come here. And scandal, the playoffs, football, talk to me. I'm talking about myself. We love the world more than we love the word. Watch, so watch what he said. Paul, Paul is trying to encourage. So, so let's get on the same page. Paul is trying to encourage people who are literally, not, not symbolically, who are literally catching hell. Kids are being killed. Fathers are being killed. And they're being killed for one reason. They love Jesus. And so in my mind, if there's anybody, I thank you, Lord. If there is anybody that has a reason to say, I need to take a time, some time off from church. It's somebody who knows that when they go in and the authorities see them, that they will be killed. If there's anybody that has options, are y'all hearing me? If there's anybody you can say, listen, uh, take some time off. You don't want to endanger yourself or your family. Uh, don't, don't attend. Uh, not, it's not tired. We're talking about existence. If there's anybody, it would have been those Hebrews. But watch what Paul says. Watch what Paul says to folks who are going to be killed if they go worship. He says in verse 19, watch this. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, Verse 20, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. Verse 21, and since we have, read that y'all, a what? A great priest over the house of God. Verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Ah, I love that. First thing he says is, he says, in light of all that the Lord has done for us, the fact that the Lord rescued us from hell itself, in light of the fact, we talked about this last night at communion, that the blood... Oh, what can wash away my sins? Nothing. I don't know about you. I still get excited when I hear the old rugged cross. I still get excited when I hear talks about the gospel and the power of the blood. 
Paul says, he said, listen, y'all, in light of what the Lord has done, you got total access. You can worship God whenever you want. You don't got to wait for a high priest. You don't have to bring some sacrifice. He said, Jesus, open up the windows of heaven. You have straight access. He said, come boldly now, anytime you want. I know you're being killed. I know you're being harassed. I know they're seizing properties. I know that you're catching hell. But I'm telling you now, if you caught hell, just think about what Jesus caught in your behalf. Keep fighting. Goes on, he says, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. He, he, he just say, look, look, think about what he did for you. Show nasty mind. And the Lord uh, sprinkled blood on it. Y'all, some of y'all shout because of physical stuff he brought you out. I shout for the crazy stuff in my mind that the Lord kept me from doing. Amen. Lord have mercy. Ah, I know y'all been saved all your life. Have I got anybody out there right now that knows you crazy, that, know, that knows you got thoughts in your head, that knows that there's, there, there is demonic warfare going on in your mind, but the Lord kept you. The Lord kept you in perfect peace when your mind was stayed on him. Paul said, just think about what the Lord doing in your mind. And then he says, watch this. He said, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. He said, for he who has promised is faithful. I know, I know they're trying to kill you, but I'm telling you right now, get your feelings out of the way. Man up. The Lord is with you. Who can be against you? Do you hear, do you hear the pastor? Watch this. He said, ooh, and here goes. This is where he ends. The, to me, the recommendation should be, Elder Tibbs, y'all need to stop attending church. It's too dangerous out there. Watch what he says. He said, no. He said, let's consider... The word means create. Let's create opportunities. How we may spur and encourage one another on toward love and good deeds. Verse 25. Read this, everybody. Not giving up meeting together as some. So what Paul is saying is, he says, what's happening is, is he says, some folks being killed. So is that, let's just, I need you to answer me this. Is that a legitimate reason? I'm talking about in the flesh. To say, I ain't going. Uh, just imagine, and we believe prophetically that this day is coming. Just imagine some gunmen standing in front of this building. This is happening in countries right now, Akil. It's happening right now while we're here in air condition. You know, wondering if the speaker is loud or soft enough. There's somebody out there. There's somebody out there right now that's got to make a choice. If I worship, I might die. If we assemble, we could be killed. This is what they're dealing with. But we have first world problems over here. Is there Wi-Fi in here? <laughs> we're, we're, I, I got to park on the street? There are people that, Chriselle, they walk miles, 10 miles with no shoes carrying their children. To get a word from the Lord. Let me ask you this. If you go through all of that to come to church, I'm telling you, not much will stop you from getting a word. Oh, no, no. No, I'm saying if you had to fight hell to get anybody know what I'm talking about. If you had to fight some stuff to get, I saw three witnesses. If you had to fight some stuff, I see two. If you had to fight some stuff this week, and I'm talking about yourself, I'm talking about your children, I'm talking about your coworker, I'm talking about the devil himself. If you had to fight some, somebody just let me know that you're here. If you had to fight some stuff 
to get in here, then who is going to stop you from getting a word from the Lord? You see a mean person when you come in, you're like, I ain't, I ain't dealing with you today. God bless you, but there's a word in here. <laughs> Choir is not on point. You say, oh, God, I can't take the noise. I'm all, but, but, hey, hey, but I know there's a blessing on the way. Uh, let me tune into what they're saying because I've been through too much to come out of here empty-handed. Some of y'all quitting. He said, y'all giving up meeting together. Because you're in your feelings. And there are folk out there who are in death. Let me give you three reasons and let me end. Uh, go to slide 33. says, together is better. Encourage each other in love and good works. Let's give me the three points and we're going to roll out of here. Oh, Lord. Are y'all feeling me? Yes. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. United States of America... Northeast Ohio, right here. There should be an electricity, a synergy, a power in here that is not like any other place on the world because we're free to do it. Three things he says. First thing he says, thank you very much. He says, number one, encourage each other in love and good works. So understand this. Why do we come together? Not so we can be encouraged. We come together with the thought in mind. And this takes work. Come on, say amen. amen. You got to tell yourself, I'm coming. Listen, I'm going to praise him because I know my praise is going to set somebody else free. Amen. See, so y'all don't know that. See, y'all too. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. The person sitting next to me looking at me funny. Yeah, they looking at you funny, but there's somebody in the corner who done been through something and they got, they, 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 they heavy in their spirit. And if you throw your hands up, they'll throw theirs up. Lord have mercy. If you shout hallelujah, they'll shout hallelujah. If you say, won't he do it, they'll say, won't he do it? So when I come in here, my worship is intentional. My worship is saying, yes, I'm going to give him the glory. Yes, I want to be blessed. But I know I'm coming in here with co-laborers. I'm coming in here with my squad. And my squad needs a word. My squad needs to be encouraged. So when the man of God is preaching, I might grab somebody's hand and say, it's going to be all right. When the worship is happening, I lay my hand on somebody and I pray into their spirit. I'm not a, I'm not a pastor buyer. I'm not just a spectator. But I came to do war in the name of the Lord. Grab your neighbor by the hand right now and say, neighbor, I said, grab it. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, if God is for you, who can be against you? Find another neighbor's hand and tell him, I came to encourage you. I came to bless you. I came to let you know everything is going to be all right. Grab somebody else by the hand. And say, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Yes, God. Look at somebody else and say, no weapon formed against you. Lord have mercy. Worse off than you. Bless his name. 
There's somebody in here that wanted to take their life last night. And they came in here, smile and say hello. Number two. Number two. Paul says, he said, don't get in the habit of not meeting together. He said, don't do that. The strength of your worship is in the squad. It's in the team. Number three, he says, especially, this is for my Adventists right here. He says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, especially because y'all Adventists know Jesus is coming soon. Um, let me say this. Do not let me keep you out of the kingdom. Yeah. All right. All right. That's real. I'll tell you, if, don't stop going. Go find some place and plug in. Plug in. That's all right. See, it's not about all this stuff. It's about people. And, and God knows that there's something special that happens when we come together, and that doesn't happen when you're by yourself. Real quick, when Pentecost fell, y'all remember this, right? When the Holy Ghost fell on the church, it did not fall on a, a, just two, two, uh, one person. It fell because they was together. And, and watch this. And this is the result. The result was, the Bible says, daily, I'm preaching about this next week, daily they were in the temple. Elder Jones, you remember the days when we would have a revival? It'd be six weeks. Six weeks. It'd be six weeks. Oh, yeah. Brown, am I, am I telling the truth? It'd be six weeks, and it would not take Thursday off. Every night. And the place would be packed. There was no competition of cable TV and, and DVR and, and all these things, and, and our kids in sports, and, and all of these things. But as time has progressed, the revivals went from six to a week with Thursday off, you know. And then now they have a weekend. And now we're just, on, we're just on the weekend. It was just one day. When the Holy Ghost fell, they couldn't stop worshiping. And I tell folk all the time, we got to stop running around here telling them, Sabbath is a day of worship. It is not. Every day is a day of worship. The Sabbath, the Sabbath is a day of rest. That hurt somebody. Poop, shots fired. Man down. And so what we have done is we, we, we don't really worship for real and we think it's okay because the Sabbath is coming. Oh, Lord. But the Lord says that, that we ought to bless him at all times. Okay. Sabbath was created for rest, specifically rest from spiritual work, not just physical work. Sabbath is a reminder to us that I didn't work for my salvation, so I rest in Christ. When I celebrate the Sabbath, I'm celebrating the fact that I don't do nothing to save myself. I don't have to work for my salvation. I don't have to work for my soul. I am simply resting in the grace and the mercy of God. That's why I keep the seven-day Sabbath. The seven-day Sabbath is of the Lord our God. Come on, somebody. On this, the Lord bless this day for the express purpose that you will slow your behind down and that you will hear the word of the Lord. How many know you need the Sabbath? Tell the truth. And most of us break the Sabbath every week. 
No, seriously, it's, it's impossible not to in your flesh. And I'm not saying, some of y'all say, well, I ain't working. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your mind. I'm talking about your mind. Especially since Jesus is coming. Can you imagine if, if Jesus came and you, you decided you wasn't going to worship because the style, the style of music. <laughs> and listen, even if somebody is mean, that just doesn't, that doesn't stand out at the judgment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just not good enough when you got brothers and sisters being killed for this thing. Used to be a time, Ted, when we had prayer meeting. There's a church in Korea right now that has 24-hour prayer meeting, 365 days a year. And there are over 100,000 people that pack it out. <laughs> wow. Some of y'all are like, well, when do they eat and stuff? And like, well, no, I'm not, we're, not, we're not trying to be extreme here. We're just saying it's really hard to like be sometimey with our corporate worship when there are people who are dying and suffering just to have five minutes in the Lord's presence. Mm. Let me end. So let me, let me summarize what we're saying. Basically what we're saying is this. Number one, the reason why we ought not stop worshiping together is because number one is biblical. The Lord said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. The second reason is it's critical. It's critical. It's critical. Jesus is coming soon. Folks are catching hell. Folks are falling off by the wayside. It's time for somebody to come together on something other than sports and work and do some stuff in the atmosphere that shakes demonic strongholds. The third thing is, it's supernatural. Watch this. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, if two or three, watch this. Oh, Lord. Hey, those of you who ever went to a small church, how many know y'all claim this every Sabbath? <laughs> if two or three, all right, see, y'all, big church people, they're like, oh, we good. We got 25, you know, we straight. And listen, when I was pastoring them small churches, man, you, me and my wife looking out the door, hoping somebody will walk through. Two, the Bible, watch the, this guarantee is not given to personal worship. The guarantee is this. If two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst. Yes. But what's the, what's, what's the conditionality? If they come in my name. Not for their own purposes. Let me end. Let me tell you a story. Put that picture of Obama up on the screen. Let me end by telling you this. So, uh, <laughs> so um, y'all remember 2008 uh, when Obama uh, was inaugurated. Um, my wife and I, Sinead, you remember this. We were, we were debating, should we go... We were in Tennessee at the time, Nashville. Should we go? Should we not go? This is historic. And we kind of said to ourselves, man, we just watched this thing on CNN. It'll be just like being there. And so we just kind of, and then I, I think it was a friend of ours, Franz. I'm not sure who it was. And we, we, somebody said, All right, we want to go. So look, my wife got off work at 5 o'clock that day. I never shall forget. The inauguration was the next day, first thing in the morning. We would have to drive 12 hours. And after we got together and we just talked a little bit, we just, you know, we're very, very adventurous. we like, man, forget it. Man, let's go. We packed the kids in the car. And I mean, and we literally, we drove. Now, here's the thing. As soon as we hit the road, I'm telling you, there, 
it, the most amazing thing, I'm not trying to be political, I'm just telling you about my experience, to see people traveling on the highway and we're all going to the same place. Yeah. Like, I was shook on that. We, we saw, and people were honking horns at each other. We would go to gas stations and you would see busloads full of black folk. With mothers that were in their 90s and their yeah, 70s. Yeah, and, yeah, and they yeah. said, I got to see this. <laughs> and everybody was nice. And, I mean, everybody was kind. And, yeah. I mean, everybody was speaking. Everybody know. And we were all, I mean, it was just unreal. Then when we finally got there, my mom lives in Laurel, Maryland, which is about 40 minutes away from the city without traffic. And we got maybe a few hours of sleep. And we got up and we caught the train downtown because you can't drive down. Millions of people there. We got on the train, took the metro down, took the green line, got all the way down uh, downtown. And, and, and while we, and the train was packed. I mean, we were standing there like this, but nobody was mad. I'm telling you, there was such an optimism and a positivity Folks were being nice. It was just, I'm serious. It was amazing. And then when we finally, hit that next slide. Then when we, when we finally got to the mall itself, man. I, I'm just, now, go back to that next picture. Go back to the picture before that. All right. Oh, I would have loved, this is what I would have seen on CNN. <laughs> Wolf Blitzer would have been there, you know. <laughs> you know, talking about uh, Michelle's attire that day. You know, you know, they just, I mean, they just talk for hours about nothing. You know, they have to. And I could be watching that, but we made a decision to go. And man, I, I'm just telling you, I, I don't know what your, your political persuasion is. It really has nothing to do with that. This was just a symbol, man. It was just a symbol that, uh, that you know, anything could happen, you know? And just seeing that was just like, wow. But I didn't just see that from a screen. Go to that next slide. Go to that next slide. Man, I was there. We were, this is the Washington Monument. Those of you who know DC, this a long way. From the Capitol. We were just there this week. It's a long way. We were somewhere in here. Packed! Black people, we were standing next to some Arabs and just enthusiasm, optimism. I mean, just people of all races and nations. You, you, you would have thought it had been like a black family reunion because a black president. No, 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 no. Everybody was there. Everybody. It's amazing. And you know what I can say that some of y'all can't say? I was there. I was there. Come on now. I was there. I ain't have to. Seeing it is one thing. I was there. <laughs> I know you caught it on, on Fox <laughs> or whatever. C-SPAN. You, you followed it all the way through. You weren't there at all. Something different about being there. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm trying to tell you? I'm serious. It's just like I know, I know, I know. I know you've been following Obama since his days in, in, in Chicago, but I was there. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was there. I was there when after the speech was over and George Bush got in Marine One, the green helicopter, and, and, and he was flying over. It's a symbolic. They do it at every, the, the, the outgoing president flies over. He fl flew over all of us to get to wherever they were taking him. When he flew over, the entire crowd cheered. <laughs> now, guess what? You didn't know that because you weren't there. <laughs> Wolf Blitzer is not going to, he's not going to commentate on that. I saw tears in people's eyes. 
I saw, I saw older saints. Oh, mercy. Come on. I saw them out there. They walked. They, they, they were rolled in in wheelchairs. Mm. They wanted to be there. Mm. Listen to what I'm telling you. I hope y'all hear what I'm saying. Come on. You can watch online. You can stay at home and read your Bible. But you don't have this promise. If two or three, if two or three. are gathered together in my name, I'm not sending an angel. Come on now. Don't need a gospel artist. I'm there. I'm there. Do you realize that right now, the Lord is here? I said, the Lord. There are angels right now that have been given a job description. And the job description is, is simply cry holy. They, they never cease to say holy. Holy. We done made a song about it. Say it three times. They said no. All we do is holy. 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 The presence of the Lord is here. Not because the word is good. Not because the music is good. Not because we're streaming. Not because we dressed up. But he said, if I could just get two or three folk together in my name, I guarantee you, miracles will happen. I guarantee you, blinded eyes will open. I still believe it. I guarantee you, the dead will come to life. I guarantee you, addiction will come out. I guarantee you, demons will come out when two or three are gathered in my name. Willie, just hold up for a second. I feel God. I want there to be a free worship in here right now, a free one. No, no, I'm not telling you to do anything. There should, let's just respond to the presence of God right now. Whatever that means to you, let there be a free worship right now. Musicians worship him. Ushers worship him. Deacons stop and worship him. Sound team worship him. Cameraman worship him. Whoever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever your assignment is, the Lord is here. Let us just bless him right now. Somebody might want to bow before him. Somebody might want to lay prostrate. It's all right, for the Lord is here. He's here. The King of glory has come in. Worship him. Practice heaven right now. Practice heaven. Practice heaven. Practice heaven. What you going to do when you see him in peace? What you going to do when you see his face? What you going to do? The Bible says we're going to throw our crowns at his feet. Somebody worship the Lord. Stand to your feet. I don't know. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, I want you to find a free worship right now and tell God thank you. I'm not saying, don't seek a feeling. Seek the word. 
The word says he's here. Call out on the Lord for your miracle right now. Why not? He's here. Somebody needs a healing in the room. Call out on the Lord right now because the Lord is here. The show is over. The performance is over. The sermon is over. Worship begins. It's just us and God. Two or three are together in his name. He says he's here. What you going to do? The Lord is here. What you going to do? The Lord is here. The Lord is high and he's lifted up. The Lord is here. Let all the earth be filled with his glory. Somebody needs to praise him for the person beside you. Somebody needs to praise him for the person across the room. Somebody needs to praise him for the person who came in here that should not be here today because the devil tried to kill him. But God made a way. Somebody praise you, the Lord. I know this is a school, but he's here. I know this is a cafeteria, but he's here. What will you do? I'm, I'm not talking about the order of service. I'm talking about the king of kings. The savior of your soul is here. That's why we showed up today. Everyone to your feet right now. Jesus. I don't want to be caught looking around when his presence shows up. I don't want to be caught on my phone when his presence shows up. Your head's about it, your eyes are closed. Stay in that, in that posture of worship. something. The Lord just hit me with something. Hey, guess what, guys? Do you realize that the Lord just came in here and nobody got killed by his glory? You better praise him. Do you realize that sin must die in his presence? So because God didn't kill you, his presence came in and killed your sin. Bless him for his mercy. Bless him for his grace. Bless him because his compassions fail not. Somebody holler, hallelujah! There's somebody here today, and you needed what happened in here today. You needed it! And you want to take an extra step in God. You need God to set you free from some stuff, and you need the power of God to help you in some areas. And you want a change in your life. I'm here to tell you, it's here right now. <laughs> Jesus. If the Lord is telling you right now, 
I don't have a reason. I don't have a reason. I just got the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost is telling you, come out of your seat right now. Come down here and be prayed for. I beg of you in the name of Jesus. Come right now. The Lord is talking to somebody. Come. The Lord is just telling. It ain't me. The Holy Ghost is saying, go and receive prayer. Go and receive prayer.